this episode contains bad language and a smackerel of spoilers. Please listen responsibly. It's Beer Me A Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where me and Brian go back and forth surprising each other week after week. And Brian, my boy, (laughs) my sweet baby boy. It's always something different. You never know. Well, this one you really surprised me on and I couldn't be happier. I'm pretty excited myself right now. I had not seen this movie until before I picked it. Sure, but it's one of those like I watched it nights ago and I've been in a good mood ever since like it's weird full disclosure since we started doing this show with the old show i used to have to watch movies multiple times because i was writing the synopsis myself instead of us going to wikipedia for it sure uh this is the first time i've watched a movie twice before because you enjoyed it that much because i had such a good time i was like i'm putting it on again i'm doing it again as you should because this week brian has beard us all paddington from 2014 directed by I'm going to give it to him. Paul fucking King. Paul fucking King of the Mighty Boosh fame. Yeah, well, I, I'm a huge fan of the Mighty Boosh. You give me, <laughs> I'm all Greg. I'm in a really good place. Absolutely. Anytime. Get that Bailey's. Got Drink a downstairs mix up. <laughs> so good. <sighs> I am so happy to hear that you like this. If you don't like this and you're listening to this episode. Soulless. Not even that. Uh, you're not welcome here anymore. You just... Here's the door. Kindly leave. No, don't even kindly leave. I want to, like, literally kick you in the ass on your way out. And, like, I don't want you to get hit by a car. I want you to at least get clipped by, like, the side mirror, though, at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> just just so you know. You know, karma. No, I feel like Paddington's kind of rubbed off of me a little bit, and I'm like, kindly leave. Like, I'm giving you the, the choice. But, but uh, you're I, still going to take off I your big red hat like you're going to have an emergency marmalade sandwich, but instead you're just going to middle finger him when you pull out exactly, your Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, do you want a bite of this marmalade? What? Hey, that's perfect. I love it. Do you want to get into it? I, I so badly want to get into it. We're going to break the score. We have to break the score at this one. I'm going to well, fanboy we, hard. We broke the score last week for a very <laughs> different kind of movie. So That, that was very family friendly, too, if you were <laughs> sure. in the family. Look, if you're in the family and you're into horse heads and that kind of thing, it's uh, it's a great movie for everybody. Horsehead Deli, the <laughs> finest meat. <laughs> I could just like hear Cousin Eddie like, oh, scrape off the neck, leave it for me. <laughs> We're crossing so many streams right now. Like, you're not <laughs> supposed to cross really the streams. You never cross the stream. Until, you know, the part of the movie where you have to cross Then the you absolutely have to. The time where it's appropriate to, yes. But right now we're going to talk about Paddington <laughs> because, god damn it, this movie's delightful. And that's the best word for it. It really is! Start off our first category for our scoring system, which was tentatively named, and then we I've already forgotten what the name was, but, you know, we're going to score this thing out of 100 points. Yep. In the first category, story motivation, we read the synopsis directly off of Wikipedia. Here goes. In the deep jungles of darkest Peru, a British geographer, played by Tim fucking Downey, discovers a previously unknown species of bear. Looks like a normal bear, but... It looks... So much like a normal bear. He could talk. He doesn't even find that out at first. He's just getting ready to shoot a bear. And then another bear's like, hey, bud, what are you doing there? No one finds it odd that the bears exist anywhere in this world. And I love that. 
it's like the, everybody just accepts that. Oh yeah, well look out for there's a bear and it's talking and it's just there. It's like okay, it's, it's perfect, guy. man. It sets it's the amazing. mood. It does. What's crazy though is that like they make a big deal about this being an unknown species and it's crazy that they can talk. But then when it shows up in London, they're just like, yeah, of course. Duh. Of course it got to London. <laughs> the geographer learns that the bears are highly intelligent and that they have a deep fondness for marmalade. How could they not? They exist on this planet. The first word spoken in the movie and the most often word spoken in the movie. <laughs> yes, it's drink every time you hear the word marmalade, you will die fast. Unless you're drinking marmalade. No, you still will die, but you will diabetes. die very quickly. Yes, you will. He names the bears Lucy and Pastuzo and gives them his hat as he leaves telling the bears that they will always be welcome if they wish to go to London. Forty years later. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> this is a rare time-passing moment where they give you it. At least SpongeBob it, like, a little bit. Forty years later. Better. Not great. Better. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't aiming for great. I was adding for... <laughs> I was aiming for charming. Okay, that's like, like your movie. mode right now is you just want to stay like in that charming spot. I just I'm, I'm, I got the warm fuzzies and I just want to hang out there. You know, this is let quite it hang out. The palate cleanser from The Godfather. <laughs> that's not wrong. <laughs> Forty years later, the two bears are living in harmony with their orphaned nephew, who is voiced by Ben Fucking Wishaw, until an earthquake destroys their home, forcing them to seek shelter underground. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. Wikipedia does a, a very big disservice to us by not even mentioning that it's Marmalade Day. No, that's the part that, that hurts the most here, is that they were so excited that it's Marmalade Day, and then they're going to off some bears. Yeah. <laughs> some bear, I should some say. Some bear. And we're going to ruin all the marmalade. That's the worst part about it, weirdly. I felt for that marmalade. As the earthquake started and the, the glasses started shattering, I was like, no, not the marmalade. It was marmalade day. It wasn't Uncle Pastuzo day. Not even thinking about poor Uncle Pastuzo. <laughs> Uncle Pastuzo, voiced by Michael, Gam Michael fucking Gambo. Yeah, better. Fails to reach the shelter in time and is killed by a falling tree. This is a happy movie. This is. This is a happy movie. Yeah. The beginning tricks you for a little bit, but don't worry. Catch it back up. Aunt Lucy, voiced by Imelda fucking Staunton, encourages her nephew to go and find solace in London while she moves into the home for retired bears. Now, that sounds like she's dying. It like does. Like she's going to go off and die, like to a farm upstate or something. I feel like every adult in the room while this movie's playing is like, oh, she's like sacrificing herself so, so the kid can have a good life in London because she's going to draw too much attention to him and she's going to die. And every kid's like, yeah, she's going to the home for retired bears. Well, that's the best part about it, because spoilers, at the end of the movie, she is at the home for retired bears, she and she's is, doing just fine. And it's amazing. and I, it, That is such a fun reveal for adults, but the kids were like, yeah, we already knew she yeah, was Yeah, we there. know she's here. <laughs> the young bear arrives in London on a cargo ship and eventually reaches Paddington Station. I like how he's like on this lifeboat in this cargo ship, and he's just eating all the marmalade that he packed. I, I don't know how they salvage that much of the marmalade, to be honest. Just... Scrape it up. I mean, as long as it doesn't have Uncle Pastuzo guts in it, it's probably still pretty good. <laughs> the worst part is that poor, that poor little bear is the one who found Pastuzo. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Aunt Lucy. And she's like, oh, fuck. Sorry, kid. <laughs> yep, there's no saving that at all. <laughs> no, it's like, you want a hug? Keep the hat. The bear meets the Brown family, who take him home and name him after the station they found him in. 
That's a simplification if there's ever been one. <laughs> it really is. They say, what's your name? And he makes a bear noise and they look above him and the sign for Paddington is just there and they're like, that's your name. And he goes, that, that's your name. Now. All right. This all checks out. I didn't notice until the second time I watched this movie that while he's sitting there at the station. On the, the lost suitcase, and found sign? The lost and found oh, sign. Oh, God. It's so good. It's so it's subtle enough that you'll miss it the first time. But the second time. Oh, like the, right when the Brown family finds him, the lost and sign is there and it says found. It flicks on. It's like such a wonderful touch. It's so good. And, and it's Mary played by Sally fucking Hawkins. Yes, it is. Who is the biggest advocate for bringing this bear home and helping him. But isn't that awesome, though? Because like if it were a Steven Spielberg movie, like an E.T. situation, like the kids would be the advocate here. But no, right. this is a parental figure saying that motherfucking bear, as long as it doesn't do cocaine, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different movie coming soon. Unless we cross the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Paddington 3, Cocaine Bear. That's going to be the twist at the end of Cocaine Bear. Wouldn't it be amazing to see Paddington across the like the table from, let's just face it, it's going to be Vinnie Jones and Jason, Jason Statham. Of course. Like, it has to be. <laughs> and Paddington, like, does a line of marmalade off the table. <laughs> And then he looks at Jason Statham, like, deep in the eyes, grabs the back of his bald head, and slams it into the table. Yeah. It's like, that was marmalade, you son of a bitch! I'm cocaine bear now! I both don't want this at all, and also don't want anything more than this. Yeah, that's... I I never wanted anything more in my life. I never wanted anything more than Paddington cocaine bear. Oh, God. That might be the Godfather leaking in, tell you the truth. That could be. It might be. We tried to leave it in last week. It's not staying there. I should mention, Wikipedia doesn't, that Henry Brown, uh, the father, Hugh Bon, Hugh fucking Bonneville. Yeah, you better give him that fucking, he's Hugh so good at this. Hugh fucking Bonneville. He wants nothing to do with this bear. He is the father and a devoted risk analyst. And he's like, ah, this bear is making shit up. Does not believe Paddington's story and is adamant that Paddington only stay for the one night. But I like how Henry Brown, the daddy man, is making up like bogus statistics like, no, 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 no. Nope, 7% of all accidents start from the morning for brushing your teeth, so you be careful. This guy, he's got all the stats. He has all the stats. <laughs> he's like a like a sports announcer during that one game of the year where they're, like, they're just really struggling for stats. And like, oh yeah, this is the first time on a Tuesday in raining conditions that somebody's kicked a field goal from 27 and a half yards. So pretty much every Thursday night game of last season? <laughs> yes. How cool would it be? If, like, the son in this came out, like, flipping out at the dad, being like, Dad, what statistics do you have of bears doing cocaine? Yeah, it's zero percent, Dad! It's zero! Actually, there's this one case. (laughs) It hasn't been released yet. Just give it time. But it's based on a true story. Yeah, it is. Which is even more (laughs) wild. This just might be us getting hyped for cocaine bear, realistically. (laughs) I mean, if we keep talking about it, we're going to have to talk about it. (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of obscure statistics that you hear on Thursday Night Football, uh, due to the fine performance at the Worldwide Box Office, this movie managed to become the highest ever grossing non-Hollywood family movie that isn't animated. That is impressive. That's so many words. It is so many words. (laughs) Highest ever grossing non-Hollywood family movie that isn't animated. So if that's the stat you're going for... Now you have your benchmark. It's like, hey, good knob. You beat out bed knobs and broomsticks. I think it's the only thing that might qualify <laughs> what, with yeah, this. Something else that Studio Canal <laughs> put out? I don't know. I have no idea. 
Mary and the children, Jonathan, played by Samuel Jocelyn, and Judy, played by Madeline Harris. Fucking? Question mark? They're in the movie. Whatever. They find the bear endearing, as does Mrs. Bird, played by Julie fucking Walters. I can't believe she's in this movie. Uh, blew my mind. Yep. Like, uh, this is this is big, isn't it? This Paddington property. It is enormous. Huge for the I, names that are about to come too. I didn't know, and then I found out. Well, you watched it, so yeah, you would find out that way. Paddington thinks he can find a home with the explorer who met Lucy and Pastuzo, but he doesn't know his name. After finding no mention of his expedition on the internet, Mary takes Paddington to Samuel Gruber, Jim Motherfucking Broadbent. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. He's an antique shop owner who discovers that the hat bears the stamp of the Geographer's Guild, but the guild has no record of an expedition to Peru. Wikipedia skips over the missing wallet and the chase of the thief and Andre, played by Matt fucking King, and there's so much that happens here that Wikipedia's like, you don't need to know about that. Paddington is a cop for a little while. He is a cop for a little while. He wears a... A, a cop hat with like a light on it, which he's got the, the light up the light up Bobby hat. But then he's also like sketching on the back of this car, and then he like opens an umbrella, and now he's flying through the air as he's chasing this guy down with the wallets, and he catches him. And then they're like, "That that bears a police spare," and everyone's like, "That's not how that works." <laughs> I love that, that there's actual police who see the bear go by, and they're like, "We have an officer in distress," and start chasing. This movie is charming as fuck. Yeah, it is. I was having the time of my life laughing out loud alone on my couch. It was great. Have you ever been an accident policeman? This just reminded me of my high school days. I'm sorry. What was the question? Have you ever been an accident policeman? I'm still not sure I know what you're saying. I have a few times because my car in uh, the high schools. Been in an accident with a policeman. No. Oh. No, my car in high school and going into college was a, like a 1992 Crown Vic. Oh. And if you got a little too close to the car in front of you, they just pulled over. <laughs> so you've been mistaken as a policeman, accidentally mistaken. And I was an accidental policeman, yeah. Oh, you weren't. All right. The words are making sense now. It's a, yeah. I've been, I've, if it's not in a British accent, I don't understand it at this point. Are you still a fucking coop? If God damn me, if you're a fucking coop. Are you a fucking Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> apologies to oh. any of our English listeners. No, no, zero apologies. Zero. <laughs> no. Your bear's no. charming as fuck. We need this. Oh, we do. We do. What do we have? Winnie the Pooh? I don't even know if we have him technically. He He's possibly British. Uh, yeah. We've kind of adopted him, though, because they have Paddington. They don't need Winnie, too. That's true, and it's Tigger, too. Come on. Right. Excuse me, Paddington. Do you have any of that sweet nose candy? (laughs) I just need a small smack roll of that blow. That's exactly what I was waiting for. (laughs) Thank you for reading my mind and not making me ask for it. Okay, Tigger. Time to fuck. (laughs) Fucking what Tigger's the best. Did you save any for me? Oh, bother. (laughs) Uh, Now I understand why we don't have Cocaine Bear yet. It's because Tigger always does all of it before Pooh can get there. It's true. It's true. Cocaine Bear, we might not deserve at this (laughs) point. Right. 
Kanga's just like whoring herself out in the hundred acre wood. Oh God. For extra blow. Yeah. And you know, you know, Owl's just watching. Oh yeah. He's going to be like the Mori of the situation where they try to figure out if who's Rue's real father. (laughs) (laughs) That's all said and done. That's how the Owl gets his jollies. Is it a human centipede if you're using stuffed animals that are sentient? No, because they're not human. But I don't know another name of it. I'm not going to call it like a puppet centipede. <laughs> like a farm animal centipede. Well, and bears and and tigers, which are also farm animals now, I guess. I don't know. It's like a, a, like a rabbit, kangaroo, pig, donkey centipede. I feel like at this point you got to put Eeyore at the front. Like he's earned it. I feel like he's earned it. And also, his tail's detachable, so he makes it a little easier. It to, does make it a little easier. get the suction. There's already the a point ends. that you can... Wow, we've gone so far off the rails. The least charming episode about the most charming movie. Thanks for rim-jobbing me. <laughs> Join us for Cocaine Bear, where we're just going to be so cute about the whole thing. Rim-jobbing Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Tigger has to be braggadocious at all times, man. He does. Go ahead, buddy bear. I'll give you thripeth. <laughs> With the help of Henry, <laughs> Paddington infiltrates the guild's archive and discovers an expedition to Peru was undertaken by the explorer, whose name is Montgomery Clyde, although the guild erased their record of the expedition. Now, this says with the help of Henry. Henry does not want anything to do with this bear. He is so begrudgingly accepting this mission. But he becomes the biggest team player that has ever existed in the world. All it takes is a little bit of a hard stare. That's all it took. It was so good watching Paddington do that. He's like, do you feel uncomfortable? Good. Because that's a hard stare. My auntie taught me it. For when people forget their manners. <laughs> it's so good. And it, the stare was so hard, it made Hugh Bonneville dress in drag. It sure did. So, sorry, Floridians, that you've never seen this movie, but it's charming as fuck. It is charming as fuck. And it's the reason that the the British broadcast, whoever, you know, the British version of the MPAA gave this movie a rating of PG because they thought there was sexual tension between... Between the bear and Hugh Bonneville. No, between Hugh Bonneville and uh, Simon Farnaby. The guard. Who plays Barry, the security guard. Well, it's because there was so much sexual tension because the security guard is laying it on thick. Like, so thick. Like, all of the seas. All of the seas. Like, if he let go of his spoon and his tea, it would have stood up straight. Absolutely it would have. But it's not sexual harassment because there is no spoon. (laughs) Something like that. Is that how it works? We're crossing so many metaphors. Yeah, I'm lost. Completely lost at this point. Meanwhile, the hateful museum taxidermist Melissant, played by Nicole fucking Kidman... Out of nowhere, Nicole Kidman shows up. I love it. She kills and stuffs exotic animals to house them in the Natural History Museum. And this raises so many questions that we've had in the past about how do museums work. <laughs> You're right. If they're alive With museums the versus Was that the last show? I think we talked on the last show. It might have been the, the last podcast. It might have been the end of the last show or early in this show. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but we determined... That dead animals, museum, live animals, zoo. Exactly. So she's turning a zoo into a museum, realistically. That is, that is her job. Also, they do the bit, that my, one of my favorite bits of all time, where they have the, the mounted heads and they go into the next room and the rest of the animal body is there. It's classic. Absolute classic. Love it. Love it. 
When Millicent learns of Paddington's existence, she immediately sets out to hunt him down, which involves all sorts of shenanigans with John the cabbie, played by Mac fucking Lucas. <laughs> yep. Just all of the people are here. Everyone is in this movie. It's a delight. And we're not done. No, we're not. Because I'm going to drop one of the hardest fuckings I ever have on this show in a minute. As you should, though. The Brown family departs for the day, leaving Paddington home alone. And that's a dangerous thing to do because the first night, the risk analyst, Henry, he's calling up his insurance company like, I got a fucking bear here. I need to raise my premiums or something. Yeah. And they're just like delaying. And then Paddington goes and takes a bath, but he floods the bathroom <laughs> and rides a, a, a bathtub down the stairs. Down the stairs, yeah. The sweet spiral staircase with the, the mural. It's very good. I know, I love it's, that It's mural. very, very good. But I like how like two days later, like, yeah, Paddington stay home alone. What's the worst that could What's happen? What's the worst? He already flooded the bathroom and used your toothbrushes to clean his ears. Ah, I mean, you've reached the low here. Which is arguably even worse than flooding the bathroom. I would say it absolutely is. To the ceiling. Right. You can fix a house. You can't fix dignity. <laughs> you know what? I think you just found the catchphrase for our, our whole show. We have a slogan now. Uh, we might have done it. Or we could save that for uh, our walkthrough review of this old house. I was just going to say, as, go Bob, back to the as Bob Vila always says, you can fix a house, but you can't fix your dignity. Bob Vila here! <laughs> Billy Mays willed me all of his cocaine and I gave it to a bear! If you call now, we'll throw in a cocaine bear absolutely free. It's absolutely free! You can watch your wrestle norm for money! Fuck you, Norm! I don't think so, Tim. Wait, that's a different show. Different show! <laughs> I always get Norm confused with Al. Al Borland here not showing my penis to Pam Anderson! Because that happened with Tim Allen this past week. Oh, man. <laughs> Who can keep anything straight these days? It, it's impossible to. Ugh. At least we could always go back to Paddington. Absolutely. This is going to be like our guiding light, our North Star for morality. Next time we get two off the rails, Paddington 2 coming next episode. It has to. It absolutely <laughs> has to. Although I don't feel like this is recentering us at all. No, not even a little bit. Scheming with the Browns' nosy but unsuspecting next door neighbor, Mr. Curry, played by Peter, and I do not say this lightly, fucking Capaldi. We got a Doctor Who. Peter. Fucking Capaldi. I'm so happy. I'm as so you happy should be, because right he's so good in this movie. As soon as he popped up on screen, I was like, yes. Yes. Well, I, I have seen this before, and I forgot Peter fucking Capaldi was in this movie. So when he popped up again, I went, that's Peter fucking Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah. So with his help, Millicent sneaks in and attempts to capture Paddington. Paddington manages to defend himself, but inadvertently starts a fire in the process. Paddington tries to tell the Browns his story of Millicent's kidnapped attempt, but no one believes him. Yeah, because, why should you? Well, she was wearing, like, you know, tight clothes and a gas mask, so he thought she was some sort of snake elephant. Awfully hard to believe that story. I wouldn't buy it. Not oh, for a second. The bear burnt down the house and is blaming it on an elephant snake. But if they look around the house for, like, one minute, they're going to see a poison dart. That's that true. That she fired into, like, a plant or something. Yeah. I also love that it's like a single petal from the rose that Peter Capaldi is wearing on his lapel that like triggers this whole, uh, what are they called? Rube Goldberg? Rube Goldberg device of destruction. 
So good. That night, Paddington leaves the house and attempts to track down Montgomery Clyde himself, using the phone book to find the addresses of every M. Clyde in London. And it's so lovely how he's knocking on people's doors and he's like, I'm looking for Montgomery Clyde. Like, no, sorry, dearie. (laughs) My name's actually uh, Melvin Clyde. But it's like the most charming thing that they're not like freaking out that there's a bear knocking on their door and talking to them. There's like, (laughs) wrong house. (laughs) Until the last guy. The last guy is kind of a dick. Well, he's a big time dick. But you also have Paddington, who's almost sacrificing his dream of a family. How he leaves because he's like, you guys are going to be better off without me. I'm so sorry for everything I did. Yeah. Henry really hates me. I got to go. Well, Henry turns at that point. He's like, yeah. All right. So this bear is charming as fuck. I know he burnt down my house, but damn it. I love that bear. We got to go find him. They have to go find him. Yes. Paddington eventually finds Millicent's house and learns that Montgomery Clyde was her father. Bum, bum, bum which I conveniently took out her last name earlier in the Wikipedia synopsis. The Wikipedia tried to do spoilies? Oh, Wikipedia spoilied big time early in their spoiler uh, paragraphs. By, you know, just naming Millicent's last name. I don't like that, Wikipedia. Right? Let's fix that. But he does learn that Montgomery Clyde had died a long time ago. And now Millicent resents her father for losing his guild membership after he refused to bring a Peruvian bear specimen home and subsequently opened a petting zoo. Millicent sucks. She's pretty terrible. She really doesn't like zoos, so she kills animals and makes a museum. That's right. (laughs) I wonder if she, like, inherited the petting zoo from her father, and she's like, cool, now I just got a steady stream of museum animals. A lot of practice coming up. She's, like, sort of, like, treating it like a Sweeney Todd situation in there. I'll have to take uh, your word on that one. Just waiting for the bear. She's going to practice on less honorable animals. But she's heard stories about these marmalade bears from her dad, and she's like, I gotta get me one of those for the museum. Marmalade bear is not nearly as exciting as cocaine bear. It's not, but I love that in the movie they actually do give you the like the, the genus species of of Ursa Ursa Marmalatus. Yes, they do. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolute the best. No notes. How has no one made that a band name yet? That's a good like, question. that is screaming for band names. It absolutely is. I'm halfway through uh, The Storyteller by Dave Grohl, and some of the names that have already been thrown out in this book, way worse than that for a band name. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, somebody get on that. Ursa Marmalatus. <laughs> <laughs> Millicent tranquilizes Paddington and prepares to stuff him, but when Mr. Curry discovers her true intentions, he warns the Brown family, and they come to save Paddington. It's so good because he calls from a payphone disguising his voice. And right away, he bought like, Hello, Mr. Curry. He's like, No, no, no it's, it's not, not Mr. It's Curry. It's not Mr. Curry. Who is it, honey? It's just Mr. Curry doing a silly voice. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> the family comes, they rescue him. And when Millicent is about to shoot Paddington on the roof, wow, Wikipedia, you just really got right to it. You're like, Wow, gotta, yeah, they did. Got to speed to the end of this. Mrs. Bird opens the hatch. Pushing her off the roof. Yeah, she killed her, sort of. Sort of. Like she's hanging there, and then did she drop at the end? I don't really remember. No, remember she, her hanging she doesn't. There. She hangs. They don't show her dropping, but we do find out in the aftermath the Browns allow Paddington to stay in their house permanently. Millicent is arrested and sentenced to community service in her father's petting zoo, which raises questions because attempted murder usually doesn't get you community service at a petting zoo <laughs> owned by your family. <laughs> it's true, but the joke here is that they say like. 
And we're going to not do prison time because we think you deserve a much harsher sentence of community service. <laughs> that is and that's when good. she's like, no! no! <laughs> <laughs> Paddington writes to Aunt Lucy saying he is happy and has finally found a home. And then we get the reveal that Aunt Lucy is also alive. Perfect 10? For story uh, motivation? It has to be. 100%. It's a perfect 10. So now let's talk about casting. The perfect 10? Because they, it is pitch perfect? It's so good. They originally cast uh, Colin Firth as the voice of, of Paddington. Too old. And they, they decided, they had a mutual agreement. Like, Colin Firth was like, yeah, no, this I can't do this. Because they, they realized that the voice is just not right for this young bear and... You know, that silky smooth Colin Firth voice just didn't didn't <laughs> feel right. Marmalade maketh man. <laughs> Cocaine maketh bear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you know what? I hope Colin Firth voices the cocaine bear. If the cocaine bear talks, I'm going to treat it like I did when I was in the theater at Snakes on a Plane. Just like jumping out of my seat, like fuck yeah! Oh, I'm yes! Hoping, I'm hoping for like a, a post-credit scene where a snake on a plane drops down and invites Cocaine Bear into the whatever fucked up Adve- Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest crossover it's of all like, time. <laughs> we're gonna catch a ride on this next Sharknado that comes through here, and we're just gonna make the best movie ever. Um, excuse me, I don't see how that relates to the canon of the MCU how it's built in. <laughs> James Gunn is going to take <laughs> Cocaine Bear, Snakes on a Plane, and Sharknado and make it his own universe. He's just going to make one of the bears say fuck and everyone's going to be on board. They're like, oh, finally, this is the dark, gritty version of this. I That's right. Uh, quick aside, they were recording this, the plans for the DC everything came out. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you big, got? big thumbs up. Yeah, biggest thumbs up. Very excited. The biggest. Very, the only very one I, I don't really care too much about is The Authority, and it's because they did a comic run on it last year, and it was only okay. Yeah. But they tried to like really force a different type of Superman in there, and it was just a little odd, but still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I have faith in James Gunn. If these are the 10 properties he's choosing, there's a reason. He's only the ultimate fanboy, and it's only in the safest hands it's ever been in. Yeah. And especially if you have Tom King helping you along the way. You're going to be all right. Well, you don't even know that yet because your little Supergirl book is just collecting dust. That's true, but I've read other Tom King books and he's been involved in the entire process, not just the Supergirl movie. Yeah, how exciting is that though? That Supergirl book though, it made me cry. It's so good. There you go. So, so, so good. Pick up that Supergirl book. Pick up every Tom King book. You can't go wrong. You really can't. He's amazing. What are we talking about? Casting. Uh, uh, perfect 10. 10. Peter fucking Capaldi. That made me so happy. Protagonist. Padding fucking ton. I love him so much. Uh, he His whole thing is he wants to find a family. That's it. And he's, again, charming as fuck. And he, he does. He finds a family. He does. Eleven. Sold. I will not fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It feels too good. It does. Antagonist. Nicole Kidman's real bad, Millicent and she Clyde. brings back a trope that me and you have talked about. That's not a trope. That's not how tropes work, Dave. She made us question the museums versus zoos again. That's true. She reminded us of that ongoing debate of what is it. And we sort of have an answer now. We do. Sort of. You know what? We don't have so much an answer as we have verification that we were already correct. That is a good point. So in that case, a perfect 10. That's a 10. That's a 10. If you're going to agree with us on something, 
and you're going to use Nicole Kidman to do it, you get a 10. Absolutely. Screenplay. Hamish McCall and Paul King. It's ridiculously good. Obviously, based on the books by Michael Bond, uh, who had a cameo in the movie Stan Lee style. He was the kindly gentleman, like 17 minutes into the movie. He's just a dude. At a, at a cafe, raises a wine glass to Paddington and attacks. Oh, that was him? Yeah, that's the writer of the Because books. Paddington even tips his hat to him, too. Oh, so lovely. Good. Oh, I love the hat tip. Oh. There's so many hat tips. Drink every time there's a hat tip. You'll die. You will. <laughs> As if you haven't already died from drinking marmalade. every time marmalade. Yeah, sick. that's true. I'm going to go with an eight. Yeah. Like, it's really, really high. I, there's not a whole lot of quotes in this thing for me to throw out, but... No. I mean, it's pretty damn airtight it made it me is. so happy oh i mean that's all i really care about sometimes it's been a while since i've watched a movie twice in three days <laughs> I you're gonna say it's been a while since i've been happy <laughs> <laughs> well that too no <laughs> admittedly the first time i watched this um i i did have uh some some gubby bears not some paddington bears not some cocaine bears but some gummy bears um, that may F- funny funny gummies. They or may regular vary in legality depending on where you live. Okay. Um. So I wasn't sure if it was as charming and delightful as I thought it was. So I had to rewatch it to make sure, and it held up big time. Well, yeah. I mean, God's gummies are only going to enhance oh, the charming. I was having of this the best time. Screenplay. What did we? Eight? We said eight. We said eight. Eight. And so distracted by. Me too. This delightful bear. Oh, it's amazing. Style and tone. Easy, easy, easy 10. Easy 10. There are things that happen. Can we talk about the the fucking dollhouse? The dollhouse effect is beautifully done. It's so well done. I love it so much. I love the moving mural and the, the spiral staircase. There's these little touches here and there that if they really leaned into, this would be an 11. But I feel like the fact that they didn't really lean into it only enhances it because the dollhouse effect is you get to see the Browns' house, and they literally open it up like a dollhouse. Yes. And you see every room, part All of every like, painted floor. painted a different color so you could- yeah, With everyone in their own space. In their respective spaces. Like, and man, it is just- Talking about the individual members so of the So well done! It's very well done. And like little things like the lost and found light, just add just the right amount of whimsy to it. It's, it's fantastic. Ten. And at the end, they bring back Marmalade Day. For the Brown family. Exactly. And everyone is so excited that it's Marmalade Day to help it, like, Paddington celebrate and 11. Fuck it. I love this movie. Fuck it. 11. Let's talk about director Paul King. Does a great job. Sure does. Apparently during pre-production, he attended a bunch of screenings of children's movies to find out what makes kids laugh. So, like, he would go to these children's movies specifically to find out what made the kids laugh. And that's just, I mean, you should be doing that, but... I know for a fact he did, and that makes me happy. Yeah, as long as you're not doing it like a Pee Wee Herman way, you're good. Well, he brought his wife with him just to make sure he didn't see <laughs> Just to be, yeah, that's the right move. <laughs> I think he does a great job. I'm going to go with another eight. Eight it is. I think that's that's fair. Directs the hell out of this thing. He does. Some really, and some of these shots are so good. They are, but I think the thing that some of them most stands out long. to me is that he flirts with Wes Anderson territory a little bit in the style and tone. Yeah. But he that. never, ever, ever gets close to going there. Right. Which right. I think really helps him out. It helps define what he's going after, his vision. Yeah. Because this could go Wes Anderson real easily. Oh, very easily. And I don't think I would like it as much if it did. I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. Even though Paddington as Royal Tenenbaum, that would be the delight. 
<laughs> talking to Angelica Houston about how he's dying and he just wants his family back. Perfect. That would be, and if, <laughs> if there was cocaine involved, even better. Even better. He's taking Ben Stiller's kids go karting while high on cocaine. <laughs> I just remembered a bit from this movie that I really liked um, during the chase scene with the wallet thief. When the for some reason the thief is in a car with a GPS and it says in however many meters bear left. And he looks out the window, <laughs> and Paddington the is floating in the air with the umbrella. It's so good. It's silly little things like that just make me so fucking happy. But they also have like actors that you recognize from certain things. Like Matt yes. Lucas, everybody knows now because of Great British Baking Show. Right. And Peter Doctor Capaldi, Who. obviously, Doctor Who. Nicole Kidman, Julie Walters is Mrs. Weasley. Yeah. From the Harry Potter movies. But even Matt King... Jim Broadbent. I mean, He's a Matt King is amazing in Peep Show. Yeah. So like these are recognizable people. Even to non-Brits. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Absolutely lovely. What are we talking about? Uh, I think we're in between director and music right now. So Okay, let's go to music. Let's go to music. Paul King crushes it. Yeah. Music. Uh, Nick Urata. I've never heard of the guy. The music in this, appropriate. Nothing to write home about. Nothing super memorable, but appropriate. And in certain in certain parts, I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. Like when they do the Mission Impossible theme, but it's not the Mission Impossible but theme. But it's not, right. Yeah. It's good stuff. Five? Right down the middle? Six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie, damn it. I like this movie, damn it, is my reason for most of these bumps. Yep. Next up, box office. The one we're not allowed to bump because it's math. Uh, the budget for this movie was $55 million. Worldwide gross was $282 million, even though it didn't, it only did like 76 in the States, but that's not, it's not this movie's bread and butter. It's this is not, a it's British a British movie. movie. It's not this movie's jam and, and crumpet. That's, that's what they what say. The, that's what they say over there. Crumpets and jam. <laughs> Marmalade. Fuck. It's right there. It was just sitting there waiting for you. It was. Uh, that's 513%, which is a 10 on our scale. Sold. Even though, you know. 282 million. It's, all it's right. not that big anymore, but it's not. Which is weird, but still. I mean, it opened third. It's it's opening weekend in the states against the Wedding Singer and or no, the Wedding Ringer. What is the Wedding Ringer? The Wedding Ringer was like a Kevin Hart movie with Josh Gad, where Josh Gad didn't have a best man, so he hired I don't know Kevin okay. Hart. Okay, something that like sounds that. Sounds like a movie that should never have been greenlit. It uh it it finished the week second. That's true. A few more dollars than Paddington. And then American Sniper was number one uh, because it was in its, like, fifth week and people had sure. heard about it. Sure. Weird time. and So a 10. A 10 for box office based on our current score our system. But we're still not sure about. That's right. And Roger Ebert did see this movie even though he had been dead for two years already. That's impressive. Like, he resurrected himself and went, that's charming as fuck. And then he crawled back into his hole. Five out of four stars from Roger That's Ebert. right. He dug up <laughs> extra thumbs just to put him up for this movie. The final category is impact on the industry. Fuck the industry. It had a huge impact on me. It had a ginormous impact on me, and I've only been living with it for a few days. No, it had a, I don't want to say sizable impact on the industry, but it definitely left a dent because yes. Paddington 2 is looked at as a borderline masterpiece. and. That's insane because of how good Paddington is. Yeah. And I'll remind you, highest ever grossing non-Hollywood family movie that isn't animated. That's right. Never forget. And the highest grossing release from uh, Studio Canal. That's definitely something. I'm still going to go like 
seven. There is a third film confirmed, Paddington, <gasps> in Peru, but it is not going to be directed by Paul King, unfortunately. It is that's directed by Dougal shame. Wilson. Well, that's a fun name, at least. It is a fun name. I've also never heard of him. No, I don't care, but his name's Dougal Wilson. Dougal Wilson will be, <laughs> so be filming fine. Paddington in Peru. That's supposed to come out, I don't know, soonish. All right. Uh, seven, six, seven, seven. Six, seven, seven, seven. Seven. Do we give it the, the Zelensky bump? Because he was the voice of the Ukrainian Paddington? I feel like we have to. So an eight? Yes. <laughs> because, damn it, I like it. Because, damn it, I like it. And how could you not give it a Zelensky bump? It's right? the rarest of bumps. It is the rarest of bumps. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Uh, that is going to give Paddington a total score of 92. So we do not have to pound our drinks. Okay. What is we the Rotten got Tomatoes? close, though, because Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Meter, this movie has a 97%. Oh. It's a big boy movie. And the audience score is 80%, so there's 20% of people in the world are assholes. That's so too it totally big of a swing out. between the two. It's a giant swing. And... Uh... If we had been a little nicer on music, we might have we might have hit it. We could have gotten close, but the music's nothing special. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> nothing you could do about that. No, nothing you could do. But Brian, fantastic pick. I'm very pleased with myself and the movie, and I cannot wait to see the second one. I'm very excited. I was tempted to pick the second one for next week. I was I, super tempted. I was. Part of me was kind of hoping you would, but it is your it's your pick. So bear me a movie. So for next week. I recently just watched The Fablements. Yeah. And it's very, very, very good. It's like very personal Steven Spielberg film. And it involves a kid who wants to become like a, a filmmaker. He wants to get behind the camera, create his own stories. But he also has like that father figure who pushes back a little bit because he just doesn't understand yeah, the industry. Because of course it is. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a, a film that involves a father figure who doesn't understand his son's quest and sort of like journey to recognize his art, which is why next week we're going to be talking about 2001's Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for the twist. And they're nice. Nice. <laughs> it's not even a guilty pleasure movie for me. It's, it's just a pleasure. straight up pleasure. One of the worst films ever made that I absolutely adore. <laughs> and I don't know why. We have been talking about Freddy Got Fingered since, uh, what, episode three of the last show? Yep. Something like that. It's been years. It and it been, is finally time. This has been a long time coming, and I am very excited right now. Have you ever seen it? I think I have. Oh, you remember. It would stick with you. I'm pretty sure I have, but it's okay. been well, so like, long. It'll scar you in ways. All right. <laughs> if you're not ready for it, I am so excited. And there's like crazy film theories out there about this movie, too. So it's, I think oh, it's going to be a fun, fun one to talk about. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, there's an animatronic bear who's not animatronic. He's CGI. But there are conflicting IMDb trivia facts about whether or not that's true. That's very, very fair. But next week. But next week. Daddy, I would love some sausage. <laughs> Freddy got fingered. Until then, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for the triumphant return of the Cape Podcasters. We're doing Black Widow. We sure are. 
And it's going to be a proper Cape Podcasters episode. Just journey through the Black Widow and the MCU and all that stuff. Only on Patreon, though. Only on Patreon. So, you know, subscribe. You can email us your questions and comments and your picks for our, our listener pick at the end of the month to beermeamoviepod at gmail.com. Or you can send them to us on our social media, at beermeamovie on most of the social media, and at beermeamoviepod on Twitter. But we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that. And we got a question on Facebook this week, and it is from Jeff Miners. And he asked, what was your favorite childhood book? Well, that's, that's appropriate. Well, his first question was, so Hugh Bonneville stars in this movie as the father. The Bonneville was made by Pontiac, so what is your favorite Pontiac? Well, it's obviously the GTO. If it's not the GTO, I don't know what you're doing that's with your life. That's a silly question. It is a silly question, so I'm glad he asked the, the second question. Yeah, the second what question is your was favorite better. childhood hmm. book? Favorite childhood book? That's, I read a lot of Animorphs and Goosebumps, but if we're going childhood, childhood, it was probably where the sidewalk ends. That was going to be my pick. No way. Absolutely was. I actually have it on my bookshelf. I actually have it on my bookshelf. Amazing. I found it at my parents' house, my copy from when I was little, and I just yoinked it. They're not going to read it. What are the odds? That's a good one. I was going to say we've been spending too much time together, but that goes back to our childhood, and we did not spend any time together then. Nope, but that is a fantastic That was always the one like in the bathroom, that book. Yeah. So it worked out perfectly. Either that or Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, which is how I learned pretty much everything I know about life. <laughs> Falling up, light in the attic. There's so yeah. many of them. So, so good. many good ones. Jeff, thank you. Everybody, thank you for listening. Brian, do you have anything else? Oh, I can't wait to do Cocaine Bear now. I can't wait either, man. <laughs> but no, that's it for me. Fantastic. Next week, finally, we're talking about Freddy Got Fingered. We'll see you then. Daddy, would you like some cocaine? See you next week for Freddy Got Fingered.